Hello and happy Saturday, goblins! Here to talk a little D&D? Maybe learn some player secrets? We'll lay down those weapons, take off that armor. It's time to disengage. Welcome to this episode of Disengaged. Today I am here with Bunny, who plays Brian Flair in the hottest club in Waterdeep. Hi, Bunny. Salutations! <laughs> uh, so first off, um, I, I do believe I have to make a note of the fact that if you have been missing Bunny on some of these episodes, <laughs> we've had a little bit of technical difficulties, but he's going to make a fabulous return uh, in the upcoming episodes, so don't worry. Yeah, it should be fixed now, uh, in theory. Uh, people who know me know that like, I like to mess with technology pretty much constantly. Uh, and yeah, my, my internet has been an experiment over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but now it should be, should be fixed. Hi, James! <laughs> yeah, your whole background looks like an experiment. You've got that... Oh gosh! Thing hanging and the glove hanging. Oh, I should really take a picture of that so that people can actually see like my workspace. Uh, That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I, I literally, I mean, I, I I tinker as relaxation, so I just sort of I have my three D. Well, I've got two three D printers uh, and a bunch of other stuff. The bulb that you mentioned is actually for a um, giant lamp that I'm building. It's going to be like one of those old fashion sort of stage lights on stilts that I've, I've literally built from random scrap that I found around. So <laughs> does D and D affect any of your other outlets, your creative outlets, or is they, is it kind of its own thing? D and D for me has always been creative storytelling. Um, I started playing in high school and my very first character, and actually sort of the character that if I'm testing out a new system, I almost always um, start with. I was a, so this was fourth edition, which I know a lot of people hate. Uh, but I started out doing fourth edition, and I was a rogue. And back in fourth edition, which I do not suggest anybody play, but they're more <laughs> than welcome to. Uh, I don't know how I got hooked on uh, playing, even though I started with fourth edition. Um, Basically, you would get a bunch of like powers and daily one-use powers, and it was just sort of strange, uh, and it, it it bogged down very quickly. But anyways, I almost always start um, a new system as like the roguelike character, whatever that is, just because that's the easiest one for me to sort of like test the bounds of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Jason and I and James and a couple other people were doing uh, playtesting for Pathfinder 2. Yeah. Yeah. Pathfinder 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> and we were, I forget what I was, but I, I I was offered the chance to do either a rogue-like character or go completely crazy and do a goblin demolitionist. And I totally went for the goblin demolitionist, which... <laughs> went against my my normal feelings of like oh i should be a rogue so so how long have you been playing um tabletop rpgs uh since high school oh you said yeah you said that it's been sort of like on and off um generally i almost always come back to dnd i had never played fifth edition before a couple years ago uh some friends were like hey you seem like the kind of person who'd be interested in dungeons and dragons <laughs> and i'm like yes i will totally do this uh and that was great. I was um, 
working for a company that I hated at the time. And it was a really great outlet, just like after work, just going over to a friend's place and playing for a couple hours. Uh, mm-hmm. They were a little more serious than I'm used to playing. Uh, if you haven't noticed from my characters, I generally try and <laughs> go as like crazy and ridiculous as possible. Um, you're really good at skinning the characters in a way. Um, <laughs> no, like you're uh, the game that we play. I played with you before. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was playing Granny. as Granny. Yes. Who was, she was a healer, but she was also sort of like Stella got getting her groove back sort of thing of like. So I, I also have a really bad habit of basically taking two sentences and pretending that that's an entire background for somebody. <laughs> Granny's background was that she came from a village where she was the only survivor of that village. She was a dwarf and she was a healer and that was her big thing. And so she was like, oh man, she was just ridiculous. What a <laughs> what a ridiculous character. That's pretty uh, impressive though. You take two <laughs> sentences and you can pull all of this stuff out of those two sentences. I mean, and, and did, wasn't she a baker? She was a baker and she was, she would always bake different potions into, uh, yes, I love <laughs> that. she would always give baked goods to like new people that she was meeting. Cause I mean, who doesn't like baked goods? <laughs> at one point we had a character who just absolutely hated our team. And I just remember giving him like a love potion cookie. And James is like, you're going to have to make me <laughs> do a bunch of rolls, aren't you? I'm like, no, just divide whatever the love potion like length of time is supposed to be by six. Cause I think I made like six cookies and he was like, Oh, okay. That's easier. And sort of went from there. So for like a good half an hour, we had a, a character who was on our side who did not want to be on our side. So has your play style changed over the years at all? Or has it been pretty much the same? I, if I'm making other people laugh while I'm doing it, then I'm generally happy. Like I'm having a good time. Um, <laughs> I will say I've been I've played with a couple of very serious groups and every single time I'm kind of like I am the wrong player to be in this. <laughs> I had a friend group the the first group that I played with here in Georgia um super awesome guys really great like storytelling um uh, but they were very much sort of the this is my character my character does not bend these rules and I'm meanwhile like I barely follow the rules I, I just sort of sporadically, I'm like, eh, what's the most funny thing? Like, mm-hmm. uh, the other game that I played with James, uh, Strange Aeon, that I've played with Travis and everybody else, um, that was, I was a druid in that one. And so one of the things with druids in that is that you could literally just every day wake up and prepare completely different um, spells. And I would just on sort of a daily basis, anytime that we would have a long rest, I would switch out the spells for something that I had no idea how to use. But about half the time, I actually knew how to use them properly. Uh, at one point... What a great way to learn. Oh, man. It was so much fun. And <laughs> at one point, I just cast a giant sphere of water without realizing that like that actually was the one way to defeat this, this creature that we were up against. <laughs> I feel like that's actually a a really good way to play pressure free too. Instead of having to say, Oh, what do I need to do? How do I do this? You're just doing whatever you want. And if it works, it works. There are definitely optimizers when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons and Mm -hmm. role playing. I am not one of those people. Give me like the stats and that sort of thing. And I'm like, all right. So I generally know what based off the stats, I generally know what my character is good at, but otherwise I'm just going to be like, what is the most funny way to get out of this situation? (laughs) 
what is <laughs> what is the way to make the DM the most crazy? Uh, <laughs> so we have players wanting to give him all the power, and then we have players who want to make him crazy. Oh, oh, I, I feel like both are bad. <laughs> Come on, I mean it's it's not like we're ever really fighting against one another, like player <laughs> versus DMs, because that no. that's that's uh, I've played games. You guys have a that. great rapport. Those games just like drag out if you're if you're really fighting the DM because like you're you're fighting against mm-hmm. a person who creates the reality of existence. Like if I'm doing something with my character that you don't like as a DM, let me know and I will change my play style. That's that's not a problem. Yeah, that would be frustrating. I know a couple of DMs who are sort of like, "This is my story. You are the characters in it. Mm-hmm. Here is the exact progression that I sort of want you to go through. And but if you how you go through it is up to you. Oh yeah, how you go through it is a, totally up to me. Um, Travis does a really great, he did a really great mystery one where I was a smart boy detective. And <laughs> but really I was a halfling who Woman? was like, oh, I can't remember what his name was. <laughs> but he was really a 45 year old halfling uh, pretending <laughs> to be a boy genius. Uh, and at, at one point, at the very beginning, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I get to use this ridiculous power. But <laughs> you get to look around as like a feat and just basically create camouflage to mesh in. And so I was oh, a cool. walking side table with a bust on it for the entire rest of the game, even though like we switched <laughs> locations to suddenly being on the deck of a boat. And like, <laughs> oh, man, that was a little ridiculous, even for me. So how important do you think it is to know the player? in a campaign like how important would you think it is for our listeners to know you guys on a somewhat personal level i mean pretty good it will generally determine you'll know sort of where we're going uh if you do know us uh <laughs> like in general i know that travis generally wants to be a face man and i am all fine with that i'm like listen let me be the crazy whacked out guy who will help you get out of any situation um but travis is much more of the like all right i'll be sort of like a leader um and that's that's perfect. I love that. That's that's perfect. Takes pressure off me from like having to right? make real suggestions. <laughs> and just uh, it's it's really it's it's really great knowing the people that I know now. Uh, so I I started playing with them all because I've actually I've played with most of the people on the network. Uh, I think it's really like two groups that I haven't played with: the all girls group. I don't think I've met all of them. I know you, obviously. Yes. I'm not sure if the all girls group is even out yet. So spoiler be on the lookout <laughs> but like i've played with alex before and i've played with um a couple other groups and just it's we have such a good rapport i could be playing any character and just be having a really great time um it's it's fun to watch how we sort of deal with things as they come up really <laughs> uh for us it's a lot more problem solving yeah yes, that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> Like Jason and I have uh, scientific backgrounds as players that were like, oh, our characters wouldn't know how to do this, but we sort of got to move them in this direction. Let's see what happens. Generally, Jason will do it with a pun. Um, <laughs> and like, I should say Alden also does this, but Alden gets so involved in like his character and the storytelling that he's like, no, 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 I'm not bringing any of that information with me. I am a cleric and you are goddamn going to know that I'm a goddamn cleric. <laughs> And like, <laughs> just go from there. But the problem solving, everybody sort of attacks problem solving in such a different way with our group that it's it's really, it's fun. It's it's enjoyable. Uh, so which, um, which other character from this campaign would you play if you had the opportunity to? Oh, that's sort of tricky. Um, 
I genuinely enjoy the other players' characters. Like, so Wesley's character is basically a homicidal footstool. Gotta love that. <laughs> Gotta go with that. The fact in like the first or second uh, episode, he was like, hey, you just invented door stops. I've got a bunch of alcohol that I'm going to like burn down a building with. Give me some of those door stops. I'm like, sure. James came out of that session like laughing his ass <laughs> off. <laughs> because it was just like, I was not expecting him to go that direction. And when it did happen, I was like, this is funny. Let's keep going. Or, you know, Alden's character. Oh, my God. The like constantly depressive. Okay, guys. It's so good. <laughs> and just, oh, he plays it so well. I don't think I could play anybody else's character as well as they do. Like, there is no way I could pull off Theo. Just Travis, it meshes so well with his personality and highlights. Yeah. Not that Travis is this person, but it highlights some of, like, his best characteristics. And yeah, just it highlights it. how well everybody's done at character building <laughs> and play art, you know, playing that character. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't know anything about Illithids until shortly after <laughs> this campaign started. So there is a hard line where suddenly, like, I know a lot about what Illithids are. And I'm like, oh, their biology is totally different from ours because they're not actually, they take over people. They're not people themselves. And I kept the Wikipedia open for a couple of games. <laughs> like, oh, um, how I'm using some of these powers does not work like that. And I'm sure some of our uh, keen-eyed viewers will know exactly when I'm talking about <laughs> Oh, oh, and then we had uh, the first run that we did of episode three that, unfortunately, the audio got lost. I totally, oh, I used a bunch of powers that, like, only Illithids get, and then I used them completely and totally incorrectly, and I just had no idea. Uh, I think it was after that bad episode of <laughs> episode three uh, that I so suddenly... So in the updated version, it, that's not in there. Oh, no, no, no. I definitely... <laughs> so I'm thankful that that got lost. <laughs> but nobody else in the team called you out on it or knew about it. Oh, no. Well, I mean, so <laughs> so the Illithid character class is a homebrew for the most part. Okay. But even just going through how they work outside of the homebrew, I was way off. But it's it's changed a lot since then, and it's become a lot more entertaining. Um, yeah, that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you was how well you know a character that you're playing at the start of a campaign? Uh, generally, I sort of try and play it out and see how it goes. Um, one of my favorite characters to play, but who is also like the hardest one to play, was, uh, again, another uh, Travis Pathfinder one. Uh, I had a character named Tippy, who was fantastic. She was a little psychotic uh, serial killer, was the actual class. And she was a lot of fun to play, but also emotionally for me, just very draining, because I don't want to be a a pure evil character all the time that just yeah, absolutely and unfortunately for the campaign you had to be a an evil leaning or just an entirely evil character and oh man that was after about i think we got through like the first two books and i was like travis i need to change this character because i much prefer i much prefer the more light-hearted characters because putting them in serious situations will generally come up with like the most entertaining outcome so is there any particular medium or character that influenced brian uh, <laughs> I really, I try and, I try and not do this, but he feels so Zoidberg in so many ways. Uh, Zoidberg from Futurama, if you do not oh, know, okay. is like the ship's doctor who is a complete idiot, has never had friends before, doesn't really understand human society, and, and is also a tentacle creature. Uh, definitely has a lot of <laughs> tentacles for his mouth and claw hands. 
But he he definitely, I try really hard not to go as idiot as that, because I do have a high intelligence, but I definitely do the like, I'm going to use a piece of string across this door and call it an amazing lock, because I just came up with it. Like, that is that is definitely something that I... You, know, both... you can toe the line between shenanigans and idiocy. Oh, so. totally shenanigans more than idiocy. Um, it's towing the line between, like, not knowing any better... But then also, I mean, I'm, I'm an artificer. I make mechanical things. You can't be a true idiot in an artificer world. If you do, that'd be really funny to watch, too. <laughs> I've only seen one episode of Futurama that James showed me. And would you like to guess which episode it was? I don't know. What, what one did he absolutely make you watch? The dog episode. <gasps> oh, the heartbreaking episode. Oh, come on, James. Yeah, he's a bastard. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, all right so as people may or may not know i'm not a huge fan of dogs but that episode like <laughs> broke me oh, man I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna get a lot of hate mail for my my lack of liking dogs but i'm okay with that i've lived plenty of years without a dog huge cat person give me an asshole cat and i'm like oh they will be the my best friend by the end of the evening guarantee asshole cats will ignore you asshole dogs will just bark at you <laughs> how is your dog doing <laughs> oh, she's very sweet she's adorable i love her very much <laughs> she's adorable to you hates me <laughs> does she hates you so much <laughs> oh man she can sense my ill will towards other uh dogs <laughs> I, I understand i get it <sighs> so uh back about brian Uh-oh. why the boomerang uh again just was like what is the so I really did sort of take the idea um, that Brian... So one of the things with Illithid brain flares is that they, they basically take over the body that they're supposed to inhabit. I This even before... I sort of knew this even before I actually looked into it. And so they don't really have a ton of memories. They get most of their memories from a collective intelligence. That part I knew. But if you are considered a deviant within the brain flare community, you actually get sort of kicked out or murdered. And so I was like, if I was someone who is less than a year old in a human society and I saw something fun and shiny, I would definitely be like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun, you guys. And definitely like play up the big kid or tiny kid in the huge body sort of thing. The like the big sort of archetype. I, I definitely have, have played that up as much as possible where Brian's just sort of like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is fun. Yeah, I'm actually very behind on um, the Hottest Club episode. There's like four out on Spotify or wherever you find your podcast that I have <laughs> not listened to yet. Uh, makes two of us. That's okay. <laughs> Are you actually listening to them back no, yourself? No, no. I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that it's it's also a running joke that I, I, I do not listen to our own podcast, unfortunately. It makes it, for me, I would like to pretend <laughs> that it makes the character... Um, more interesting that he really doesn't remember. Like if he said something, he's like, I have no idea. Because generally for most campaigns, I take meticulous notes. This one, I take no notes. And it's, oh. it's so weird for me. Is it freeing though? Just a little bit? It's a little bit freeing. Alden and Jason are the ones who take most of the notes. And I, meanwhile, I'm like, I vaguely remember this sort of thing happening. So <laughs> let's keep going. Just a giant brain damaged child. That's what I am. Both the character and me. It's more fun that way. What is that sound in the background? <laughs> that is my lovely air conditioning unit that likes to- Is it really? 
Oh yeah. It sounds like a train. It, yes. Uh, James <laughs> makes fun of it. Generally, if it's running, it's fine. But <laughs> when it first kicks on, it makes a real obnoxious noise. That's what that is. Um, we also keep joking that I should just do an entire episode of wind noises. <laughs> just based off of that. Just a... <sighs> just like that. Tentacle noises, boomerang noises. You could do a whole episode full. <laughs> Welcome to Bunny's Foley episode. <laughs> All right. So last question for you. If you had to boil it down to one singular best thing about D&D that you enjoy, what would that be? As I said, I really just enjoy the storytelling aspect of it. Um, getting together with a group of friends, even if it's people you, you start off not really necessarily knowing, like if it's a new group, you'll get to know them by the end of the time. And just the fact that like there is so much... Joy. Probably more about them than you. Well, also you true. Also, also very true. But you, you just you create this sort of beautiful story. Um, and I mean, so many people probably don't even realize this, but so much media has come from like D and D related um, games. Like a lot of fantasy writer, writers, that's how they sort of got their start. Is just like, yeah, I, I started playing, you know, Gary Gygax's first edition uh, of D&D and I ended up with this really amazing storyline towards the end and it just I had to change it a little bit obviously to publish the story but that's that's what I came up with and even some um, JRPGs some of the earliest ones were actually based off of games that like game writers had with their friends and suddenly became like the basis of a plot line it was weird. Yeah, it's it's pretty special how um, even pre-written, you know, stories can just take such a life of their own and become something really, really special and unique. Well, I mean, like even this first season of Hottest Club, it it is a written out storyline. We have a beginning, a middle and an end and sort of it's what the players want to do in between. That's the most interesting part. Well, I'm enjoying it. A lot, and um, we are super glad to have you as part of it. And cheers thank you for joining me for this episode. Of course, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Disengaged. I'm producer Erica, and I hope to catch you next time. Bye.